Welcome to Sexual Craftsmanship, the podcast that teaches you how to develop sexual confidence and become a better lover using a system of practice suited for dating and sex in today's world. No experience necessary. And now, here's your host, certified sex coach, sociologist, and mega nerd, Sarah Martin. Hello, craftsmen. How are you doing today? I am doing pretty amazing. It's been an absolutely lovely day on my side, and it's been a total joy to be working on editing and producing and doing all the bits and pieces for this podcast episode, this episode of Sexual Craftsmanship that I'm bringing to you today. I'm absolutely delighted to share that this is another Her Side episode. And the Her Side episodes, they're fantastic. What I do is I interview a guest to get her side of the dating, sex, and relationship experience when it comes to these experiences with men in STEM. And I do one of these episodes each month. And what I'll be sharing with you today is an excerpt of the extended interview. Her side interviews are usually around an hour long. And you'll notice that this episode isn't an hour long. It's probably somewhere around 25 minutes. And that's because the extended interviews are available exclusively to patrons of this podcast. So if you'd like to get in on the goods and hear the full extended Her Side interviews, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Sarah Martin, and you'll find all of the details there. I would absolutely love your support. And right, why am I doing these Her Side episodes? It's in part because what I observe for a lot of men in STEM, feedback is what makes or breaks a project, right? Feedback is what can make the difference between pleasure and despair. And in my experience, feedback is something my clients crave both at work and also in their relationships. And I think this is pretty normal for systems thinkers, but usually there's not a chance to receive feedback when it comes to dating or sex. So let's say you've had a hookup and someone says, oh, I'm not interested in hooking up again. And you might be wondering, hmm, what what happened? And what could I learn from it? Could I get some feedback? And a lot of the times that's not going to happen. So these Her Side episodes are your opportunity to hear one person's story. And that's important. So it's not representative of all experiences dating, relating, or sexing men in STEM, right? But what I encourage you to do is to listen for what you can learn and where you can see yourself in this experience. And today, we are meeting Marta. And I'm now going to let Marta introduce herself in her own words. I'm, I'm also a person in STEM. I'm a programmer. I was... I my degree in mathematics and now I work in open source programming and security things and all kinds of interesting and fun stuff. I am 30 and a bit. Uh, yeah, uh, the bit keeps growing, but I, I I still can stay 
safely I'm 30 and a bit and I'm in Berlin Germany which is a wonderful place to be in and I highly recommend it to everyone who likes open source programmers and hackers and people like that exciting right Marta is absolutely delightful and she shares so much extraordinary insight with us on this episode today uh, where we're going to be picking up in this interview is at around the 28-minute mark when Marta's about to share with us what she wishes men in general would stop worrying about, which just isn't that important to the dating, sex, and relationship experience. And she, she kicks off with a pretty powerful point here, guys. So have a listen and enjoy. And then thinking about sort of men, even more broadly than men in STEM, I'm wondering if you've noticed something that you see men like worrying about a lot when it comes to dating, sex, or relationships that just really is not that important. Yes. I mean, one of the things that's very big in my, in my personal experience has been somehow I seemed to have attracted virgins. I mean, I've dated a lot of guys who had zero sexual experience, almost zero before me. And they worried about it. They worried about a lot. And I was like, but it's okay. And frankly, it's been great. It's as long as they were willing to listen, it's really no problem. Or I mean, it's neither a problem nor a good thing. It just is. It's a thing that is. It's like hair color. It's it's okay. And, and men seem to worry about it so much. Like, what will mm -hmm. you think? Or... There was this one guy that I've dated who actually didn't even tell me that uh, when we had sex that it was his first sexual experience. And he only told me that later as a, this dramatic confession. It's like, but it's okay. I don't care that much. It's important what happens between us, not what happened in your past. So I think that was that was often for me, like thing that, or men who are, so worried that, oh, no, I'm 25, I'm 30, I'm a virgin. What will she think about me? Well, it's never been very important to me. Well, and I would go as far to say if if somebody has a problem with it, like maybe don't have sex with them. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, it's just it, I, sometimes it felt like it, it, for example, in so, for some of my friends, not not even the men I've dated, but friends I've had who are so occupied with this oh no I have to lose my virginity I have to mm -hmm. I have to and it's like you don't have to it's going to be okay it's not it doesn't change anything about you it's yeah. an experience it's a fun experience but it doesn't define you yeah and thank you for for saying it I mean one way that I often put this in context if clients bring this concern to me is that actually like one thing to think about with, you know, quote unquote virginity, because I've yeah. kind of got issues well, with that course. term as well, but we use it commonly. So I'll use it here now is that basically anytime you have sex with someone new, you're both essentially virgins again, because yes. it's so different with every single person. Exactly. And you never can just assume what the person will like, what will be interesting for them, what will be fun for you with them, because it changes. What's great with one person can be 
terrible with another or the other way around. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think you've made a beautiful point here and just one that I want to call out that there's nothing really positive or negative about past sexual experience. Be that if you've had hundreds of partners or if you've had none, like it is just kind of a thing that exists. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I don't know. It's like, what school did you go through? It's, it can be interesting. (laughs) It can be fun, but it also doesn't like, it doesn't change much my opinion of somebody if they went to a small, tiny school in their village or a big school in the city. I don't care. Well, now I'm going to ask you about things that do change your opinion of somebody. And uh, the first question I have, like, this is a little bit more broad, a little bit more general, but I'm wondering what makes a man attractive to you? What makes a man sexy? Um, being smart. I mean, I would, I also have like a physical type. I, for the longest time, I, I was claiming I don't have a physical type, but the fact that my husband and my uh, ex-boyfriend just I had before, my husband look so similarly that I have managed to mistake them. And also my ex-boyfriend's wife managed to mistake them on her wedding day. <laughs> they That's are, amazing. They're very similar. So I like, like, I, I have a specific physical type, hair color, things like that. But, but first and foremost, this is passion. And cleverness and smartness. And I love people who are passionate about something. People who can just like, oh, one of my ex-boyfriends, we started dating after we've uh, met on a science fiction convention. Mm -hmm. And he started telling me about old Dungeons and Dragons versions. And mm-hmm. he kept he 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 basically told me the story of Dungeons and Dragons. He told me it for like four hours or five hours, and it was so fascinating, so interesting because he was so passionate about it, and I loved it the the passion, and of course the ability to tell about it without with also making some pauses and checking if the person you're talking to is listening and engaged. Yes, which is important. Yes, it cannot be just like an info dump, and you have to listen to me. <laughs> but passion and and another thing that I that is extremely attractive for me is being um well being a responsible adult. I know that sounds silly, but I like people. I, I found it extremely attractive when people handle difficult situations with confidence and calmness. Mm-hmm. And well, and deal with stuff being not as we would like. Like there was this one guy that we were, as you can see the pattern, I like hiking. So we went camping in the mountains and it was raining. It's a bunch of people there. And at least one person basically threw a fit. He was annoyed. He was offended by the weather. He refused to chat with everybody because, well, Bad weather, I don't like it. My life sucks. And the guy that I was interested in started to look how to make it, how to how to make the best of it. Uh, he was thinking about figuring out some activities that we could do in a tent in the middle of the mountains while it was raining. He was pleasant. He was he was nice. He wasn't allowing the circumstances to turn him into an asshole. He was trying to to make the situation better for everybody. And it was so attractive for me. The way he was like, 
this sucks. Let's make it better for us. Well, and and what you just said, like, that's such a transferable skill when it comes yes. to sex as well. Oh, yes. Like, and like, I mean, it's everything. It's, it's sex. It's dealing with life. It's wonderful to be with a person who, when things, when something bad happens and bad things will happen because this is life, is not going to make it harder. It's going to look for ways to make it less painful and less unpleasant. Well, speaking of unpleasantness, what for you makes a man unattractive? Losing, I mean, getting very, very angry, anger and violence in situations that do not call for them. I mean, I understand that you can get angry or violent when you are threatened and things like that. But people who get randomly violent, punching walls. Okay, like people in Europe don't really punch walls because in most places you'd break your fingers but you know random aggression towards things this is something that really really uh, that makes me instantly worry and unattracted to somebody yeah I mean that's something that we're advised to look out for because yeah. violence and aggression visited on objects can down the line turn into violence and aggression visited on animals or people exactly so, exactly yeah. yeah so this is it's one thing and another thing that for me makes people instantly unattractive is when they are being when they oh when they talk with disdain with disgust mm. about people lower on the social in the social hierarchy than them people who are like homeless disgusting things mm. like that i that really makes me not like somebody. Yeah, I can see why. Because like, if somebody is able to treat others as, un as not human, I'm, I'm worried about who they will also treat as inhuman and as not human. Yeah. What is the, the quote that when someone tells you who they are, believe them. When yes. someone shows you who oh, they yes. are, believe them. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People who are like, oh, yes, I'm such a bad boy. I'm so unreliable. Haha. <laughs> yeah, those are like, no, no, thank you. No. no. And like things like this, this pickup artist thing, like nagging. Mm. Uh, this is for me, like instantly, like, okay, you are, you don't have to interact with me. I, if you don't like me, cool I'm, I'm fine with that no not everybody has to like me I'm like not everybody likes strawberry ice cream so they definitely nobody has not everybody has to like me just don't be unpleasant for <laughs> no reason <laughs> I kind of I kind of want to put that on a t-shirt like <laughs> don't be unpleasant for no reason and where I'd love to go next is to shift to looking at sex specifically and I'm wondering at first for you how do you know when you would like to have sex with a partner like how do you know when you're going from that point of person I know or person I'm dating to huh yeah I'd really rather like to have sex with this person I'm a very simple woman and I have very high libido so this is often my default state about people I'm attracted to but it's like of course I don't have to do anything with it it's just often a nice you know it's nice to sometimes fantasize about things without doing anything but to actually like have sex to to actually do that for me mm -hmm. it's a combination of 
knowing somebody enough. I don't like like one night stands. I don't like people who I've never met before or don't know enough to to trust them, mm-hmm. at least to some degree. And a combination, of course, of having an having a place and time for that, which yeah. somehow gets harder the older you go. You get there's so many things to do. Fair dues. And what what makes sex awesome for you? Um, orgasm. I mean, <laughs> simple. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's pleasurable. It's fun. I this is like this is one thing I like about my body. My body is very very simple in handling. I don't have. I mean, I find it very easy to enjoy sex and get orgasms. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's just a lot of fun. There are like other things. It's but things like getting close to my partner and this like intem- intimacy and things like that. This is all nice, but those things I can get without sex. Sex is about pure physical pleasure. Beautiful. I'm wondering, in support of that quest for physical pleasure, what kind of questions do you wish partners would ask you in the bedroom? I think an important thing is for people to ask, what do you like? And accept the answer. This is something that I've had like in the past, sometimes problems, because not every man, because it was only men. uh, Mm -hmm. Women were much, women are fine with accepting what I was telling them. But men Mm -hmm. are sometimes like, oh no, you're saying that you do not like this thing, but I, I know how to do it and you will like it. And I was like, Hmm. no. Listen to me, trust me, I know my body. And if I'm telling you that I do not like this thing, just accept it. I would also like, and this is something that I've, that in all the good relationships, it was for my partners to ask and to tell what any sort of like weird fantasies, things that sometimes, even like, you know, things that they do not necessarily want to do or I want to do just want to talk about it because it's sometimes nice to share fantasies even if you don't want to actually perform them because I don't know logistics or some things are just better when you leave them to your imagination because then if you try to do them in reality it turns out that bodies don't for example work that way (laughs) yeah yeah and I love that you're normalizing that a bit that it's really okay for some things to just stay fantasy yeah. and it can still be fun to talk about them. Exactly. It can still be really hot to share about them, right? Exactly. And just like talking about your fantasies is a great way, a great foreplay, for example. Mm-hmm. And you can do it without even being in the same building, of course. Exactly. You could be at a distance. And- yes. Yes. And also, I would really like for more people to normalize the use of toys and lubrication and things like that to not because also in the past it has been sometimes my experience that for some men it was very like oh no if you need lubrication it means that I'm doing something bad or they never thought about asking for it and it's it's very nice when my partner is like hmm, maybe you want to use some lube or maybe you want to use that toy or I would like to use that toy yeah oh uh, there's so much I could say on that point, but I think that's a separate 
podcast episode <laughs> talking about like desire non-concordance and things like that. But suffice to say, one thing I'm hearing in that is something you wish men in general would do more would be to normalize things like toys and lubricants. Yeah. I'm just wondering, is there anything else that you wish men would do more of during sex? Talking and joking. Like, I think sex is very funny and sometimes it's silly and sometimes bodies do weird stuff and it's okay to laugh about <laughs> it. And like, again, this is something like now I'm an very grown up adult and now the people I've spent time in like that, it's mostly people who are fine with I mean they they know that sex can doesn't have to be so serious but when I was younger it was often like this sex was this huge ceremony and you you were not mm -hmm. supposed to like make a pause in the middle to tell a dumb joke that you just remembered and I I like that I I like sometimes just enjoying yourselves and sometimes it means telling silly jokes and sometimes it means that in the middle of sex you're like oh, I've had this brilliant idea let me just tell you about this like <laughs> astrophysics thing that I just thought about. And it's, it's nice to just not treat sex that seriously. But to be honest, I think that being cohabiting with my partner is really helpful with that because, mm. well, we have all the time in the world for sex. So we can just take time and have fun and enjoy ourselves. Well, you also probably like come to learn living with somebody that you both have human bodies oh, that yeah. do human body things. Yeah, yeah, that that also helps. Like, I think most of the people I've dated, I've also went camping with, so we had mm -hmm. to learn that bodies do stuff. But like, I have friends who are like, "Oh no, I cannot poop in my boyfriend's house. That would be <laughs> terrible." It's like, but <laughs> you're a human person. I'm pretty sure he knows that you poop. People you know, poop. He, he also poops. Yes, everybody poops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm just thinking about people pooping. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm I'm ending the the excerpted portion of the interview talking about poop, but there you go. Well, actually, that's not exactly where we're going to end because I give every one of my Herside interview guests the opportunity to to share what they would love for my listeners to take away. Here's what Marta wanted to leave all of you with today. I think I would love men, especially men, because it's mostly like men who have this problem to know that they don't have to perform anything to be loved. It's there are people who will yes, love them yes. without them being this strong, this tall, this whatever. I know lots of people who are in happy, committed, long-term relationships who are, I don't know, disabled or look strange or are very short or very tall or, or all kinds of things. And you don't, there is no like a list of requirements you have to pass to be able to have a relationship. You don't have to earn a lot of money. You have to be a lovely, kind, loving person and to be willing to risk a lot. And of course, it sometimes will be hard. I've had some terrible experiences in dating and 
but also some great experiences and it's mm. it's all it's all part of my my story and and also like one other thing that i would like people to know is that especially people in stem mm -hmm. is to look at the statistics <laughs> and see that overwhelming majority of people do end up in a relationship they are going to be okay in other words yeah i mean because that was something that i've used to like cheer myself up when i had uh, long uh, when i was i don't know i was younger and in love and unhappy and the guy didn't want me it's like it's going to be okay most people end up with somebody and most people are mostly happy it's never like life's never very easy but yeah but it's going to be okay and there is somebody in the world who will like you for who you are and not for yes. who you think you should be all right craftsman that was fantastic i have had so much joy and pleasure in bringing this interview to you today if you enjoyed this podcast please tell a friend about it also subscribe or follow this podcast so that you never miss an episode and remember, if you'd like to hear the extended interview with Marta, that's only available to patrons of this podcast. So head on over to Patreon and check it out if you're interested. The link is in the show notes for this episode. And one way or another, I'll see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to jump right into the sexual craftsmanship process, head on over to sexualcraftsmanship.com backslash friendzone and download your free guide to avoiding the friendzone for good, including five exact scripts you can use today.